Hello and welcome to the Phone Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 496. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rickshaw. Hey, Kevin. Hello. How's it going? It's, you know, it's going okay. How's it going with you? Uh, same, yeah. Uh, no real complaints, I guess. Uh, this week on the show, we'll be talking about Leave the World Behind, which is out now on Netflix. We'll also be going over some of watching on the watch list. And this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you could consider giving us a review on iTunes, that'd be great. A new Save by the 90s is being recorded this week and should be out uh, fairly soon, I would I would think. Definitely before Christmas. Uh, we're going to be doing another year of made-for-TV Christmas movies uh, this year. I've watched three of the four so far. And uh, there, there's something else this year. You know, like, Christmas movies, it's like they're all kind of the same, but at the same mm-hmm. time, they're all insane in their own little special way. So, very excited to dive into those um, this year. Let's talk about Leave the World Behind. This is directed by Sam Esmail. I have a synopsis here. A family's getaway to a luxurious rental home takes an ominous turn when a cyber attack knocks out their devices and two strangers appear at their door. Uh, Kevin, we'll start up with you. What were your initial impressions of Leave the World Behind? Uh, I was, you know, relatively interested in watching it. My my wife read the book. She really liked the book. She didn't like the writing. She thought the writing was god-awful. But, like, the book and the story... She was like, oh, we have to watch this. I was like, all right. This sounds interesting. It got exponentially more interesting when, you know, it's doing the opening credits or whatever. And you just, like, I still can't get used to this. The Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, like, producing credit mm. at the beginning. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Oh, yeah, that's right. They do movies now on Netflix. That's weird. And... I, I, like, I thought this movie was it, it was fine, but I did find it really interesting because a lot of this really comes down to that producing credit. And that's what I find so much more interesting about this movie, because apparently this movie is vastly different than the book. And the ways in which it's different than the book, I feel like is Obama's input. Like, that's the only thing that makes sense. Maybe now you can... Are there specific things? Because obviously I didn't read the book. So are there certain things that you can point out that are different? The only, the main thing that I can say is, uh, now my wife did read this a while ago, but she was like, I don't really remember it being that political. Mm. Well, like, the other the other thing to, re- to remember here is that, that, that Sam Esmail is the guy who did Mr. Robot, which is okay you know mr robot's not i wouldn't say it's a a strongly political show and i will admit that i did not finish that show i think i watched the first two seasons but i didn't finish it um but you know it's you could definitely see the 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 kind of similarities with the uh like the cyber thriller aspect of it here yeah. Okay. Because I like I think I watched like two episodes of Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot was good. Um, I I liked what I saw. I don't know why I fell off. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, I mean the 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 thing that was most impressive about Mr. Robot to me, and to a lesser extent this this show or movie as well, is that the the accuracy of the technology is is much higher than what you normally see in movies and TV. Like this is as accurate as it possibly can be really. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that, that I, aspect of it, I appreciate. Yeah. Or, I just, I, there's, I don't know. There's just a lot of aspects of this movie that because of that producing credit. And I found out later that like Obama did actually have like notes on this movie where he was like, no, this is how it would actually play out. So he was like, he was in it. It's not like he just like slapped his name on it. Right. Yeah. Like a ghost producer, but it's just, 
it's interesting to see like when they talk about like hey this is how you destabilize a country mm-hmm. and it's like well that's kind of fucked up because like he does that like that used to be his job <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, you know what i mean like that's just really fucking weird yeah, it is kind of weird and it just fucks with my brain so yeah i mean i could see that uh i thought that this, this movie was okay i didn't have i don't have too many issues with it uh one thing one thing that i will highlight is the cast uh, i think that the cast is really strong here um i think it's the best part really is I, oh. I I like everybody in this uh, a tremendous amount. So that was pretty big for me. Um, you know, the I think there's a there's a fair amount of intrigue with this. Um, you know, to, like trying to figure out what's happening, where it's going. Um, but I gotta say, I was a little let down. Like I don't know how the book ends, but the way that this ends, I feel like there are way too many and and. and I'm fine with like abrupt endings that, that leave things open, but I feel like this movie, it, it just, it either didn't know where to end or it didn't, there weren't like nothing was, there was no resolution. Yeah. And I, I can, it, it, it just, from what my wife told me, what my wife told me is that like, there's more of a resolution in this movie than there is in a book. Okay. So the book is like, completely just, even more, just, just yeah. stops it just ends okay and i think even like i get I, this is all second hand <laughs> so i don't really know what i should say but yeah it's, it's even more you know like this this movie does more to explain things than the book does i don't necessarily need the event explained like i don't care about that that's fine um yeah but I'm just talking more about the the families, like the the main the characters in this and their arc and, and their journey. Like it just it ends so abruptly. Like oh, what happened to the son? You know, like what what you know? Did he is he okay? Are they gonna did did he did he I, die? <laughs> like. He lost his teeth, man. I don't think he's doing good. <laughs> he's not doing great, but he did get medicine, so it's like, did that help? I don't know. So they're like, you know, there was like certain things, and like the whole like nature warning them. I thought was a little odd. Um, yeah, I made use more I, of that actually. I thought that that was far more interesting. I, I I think that it made for some really interesting scenes. I mean, the deer scene and the the flamingo scene, like that was really kind of fascinating and you know like if something like this were to happen it does stand to reason that like that that probably would occur you know like if if there was like this huge and sudden change in everything um that nature would it would it would have an adverse reaction to nature i mean it's yeah it's already happening like we had a bunch of flamingos show up in Minnesota. Yeah, so they just popped up. See, like a you know jet stream switching. Seeing how nature reacts, I think is is interesting, and and um, you know the 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 characters themselves, I thought were were fine. But I guess I just wanted more. What what's here? I I found it to be entertaining. I did find it to be, you know, I I was. It had it grabbed me, and 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 it kept my attention the whole time for sure. Um, and I did like the just the filmmaking, you know, like there. I th- I thought that there were a lot of really kind of visually arresting moments. Uh, the the Tesla scene, for instance, I thought was really well done. I will say though that for as many of those scenes, there's also the equal opposite of just like overhead shot like when she like first walks up the stairs doing like the twisty camera you know like the oh, overhead yeah. and then it's, it's just like all right dude calm it down i mean this this yeah this feels very reminiscent i mean certainly this director has a style because this is very much in line with the style of mr robot where that's there's almost a a paranoia 
with the the camera work where it's you know lots of kind of dutch angles and things like that like twisty movements and everything feels a little cattywampus yeah i i mean i feel like i'm i'm for the most part i'm with you like it grabbed my attention too and it pretty much held it but i think there was a part of me that like in it in its exploration of like trying to explain some of these events or you know giving these events some like more context like the whole like this is how you destabilize the country this is how you know we get people fighting against each other like all that stuff just became i don't know just kind of sullied it because it's just like oh okay because it just wasn't interesting you know what i mean like it wasn't anything different it's the same thing that we've been hearing for how many years now i think it's important to yes i agree with you um this you know it if there was an attack on our country, this is how it would happen, I think, um, because, you know, our cyber defense, as it were, is like the most underfunded, like of all the, the oh, yeah. you know, we, we we spend billions and billions of dollars on, you know, our, our on military spending. But the, the real attack is going to come from from, you know, cyberspace, like what what has happened in this movie. And yeah. we are we are not prepared for that. So yeah. it, it it all, you know, it's I wouldn't call this like a straight up horror movie, but it's kind of scary because this is a a scenario that could very easily happen at any time. Yeah, I think the only thing, oh, the I forgot about. I, it's also weird that like Havana syndrome plays such a large part. In this oh movie, yeah. Yeah. Which that just also feels weird. I don't know. I just bought it bugs me. I don't know what it is. It's just so weird to me that like the former president is making movies now. Producing movies. Was like, he? Stop. Uh, oh, maybe he wasn't. Uh, didn't, didn't he like, I think the was he still president when that when that first one came out the the car documentary or was he out of office at that point? Uh, I don't know. I hope he was out of office. This makes even worse. Quit waste your time making movies, Obama. <laughs> we don't need no goddamn car documentaries. Yeah, uh, that's really all I have to say about it. It's it's fine. I. I liked the people in it. Uh, you know, it, it, it was, I was disappointed with the ending. I wanted a, a little bit more closure with the characters at least. Um, but other than that, you know, it was a meh for me. It was, a, it was a kind of middle of the road. I it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I, I agree with you and it was what I thought I found interesting is that from the outset, like the first, you know, like half hour, whatever, is I was like, damn, I, like I can't believe they put this out on Netflix. Like this feels big, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like with the oil tanker and stuff. It's like this should be in a theater. It shouldn't be on Netflix. It was. And then like, oh, it was. Yeah, it did come out. It came out in theaters first. Then it went uh, to Netflix. Yes. It is a Netflix yeah. movie, but it they they did release it in theaters first. So okay. in okay. in uh, last month they put it in theaters. Gotcha. Good. But I will say, like, towards the end, I was like, eh, it's starting to feel like a Netflix movie now. <laughs> like, it felt like a real deal theater movie. And then towards the end, I was like, eh, it's starting to feel like a Netflix. Yeah, I think it, I think it, I think it feels like a Netflix movie. What was that other one that came out that, that like, got eviscerated by critics? And it was like, it was kind of a satire uh don't don't look don't, up yeah was that netflix yeah. i think so because i was kind of getting those vibes at the beginning of this or not yeah, the beginning, I mean, but just kind of throughout yeah. it was a netflix yeah it's also kind of felt like uh there's just a lot of these stories because it also kind of felt like um what was the m night movie what did he change the title to knock knock, knock at the, the cabin, cabin. yeah 
You know what I mean? Where it's like, is something happening? You have strangers showing up. I mean, this is a little bit different, but yeah, still you're, a lot you're of, in your um, little isolated bubble. Yeah. You're in your bubble, and then there's like thing things that may or may not be happening outside of your bubble. Yeah, and now you got to, yeah, especially in this one. Now you got to go to the the conspiracy series nut job because he's prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to come out of your bubble a little bit. Is it a metaphor? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not sure. I'm starting to feel like one. Could be wrong, though. It is a Netflix movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and give it a Next score. Off all his teeth, though. That fucking happened. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that kid that kid got pretty jacked up. He got jacked up. Also, don't pull them all out. Well, that, and that the one, was the other thing. Came out. First one came out. You know they're coming out. Just leave it. Oh, and that was the other thing. Like, when that happened, like, before that, I was like, uh, you know, it wasn't like it was starting to lose me, but I was just, like, feeling like, okay, let's uh, let's pick it up. Let's have something happen here. I, so then when that happened, I was like, oh, okay. Now you got my interest again. But I feel like they just didn't go anywhere with it. No, and I also, I don't know. Like, I, I'm kind of tired of the whole, oh, I can pull my teeth out. <laughs> Leave them in your like, mouth, for God's sake. <laughs> why is that such a trope in movies? It, it really Just is. I, I mean, I, I think that it shows that someone is is not well when their teeth start to <laughs> come out. But like the, think, the, 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 only, re- the only way to show it effectively is to have them actually pull the teeth out. It's, yeah. it's sort of like in any TV show or movie when, You're gonna say it. when somebody is in a car and okay. and they're in the back seat of the car. They always sit in the middle and it's like, it's one of those things where, well, if they sat in one of the, one of the other seats, then you wouldn't really be able to see them as good. And so, th- so, th- so that's why they just, they have to show yeah. it that way. They have to yeah, sit in no the middle. No one's sitting in the middle. Exactly. No one, but, but, yeah. and yet, and yet every single show and movie you see if there's somebody in the back seat, if a character is in the back seat of the car, they're sitting in the middle. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. We got, got chit chat. I have to want chit chat. If I ever, I if, if I ever make a movie, and there's a car scene, they're gonna the person in the back is gonna be sitting in the proper seat. They're gonna be sitting on the left or the right, not the middle. Thank you. Get out of here. <laughs> Fuck out of here. But I will say that it seems like the the pulling your teeth out has replaced the uh, coughing blood into a handkerchief. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Because I feel like no one's doing that because no one has chips. Yeah, you haven't seen that in a while, the the coughing blood scene. Yeah. I want it it to be, I want them to replace the the teeth falling out scene with just shitting blood. I want that to be a trend now. Like in, in every movie when to show that someone is very sick have a scene yeah. involving them shitting blood, shitting their pants. I have a feeling that you would regret that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Very quickly. I think it'd be funny at first, at least. Yeah, because I think you would be like, oh my, listen to me. <laughs> and then the next time it happens, be like, oh God, please stop listening to me. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go ahead and give uh, Leave the World Behind a score. I'm at like a six on this one. I'm at like a five. All right, there you go. Uh, it's on Netflix, so you can you can check it out there if you have Netflix. Let's talk about some of what we've been watching. I believe it's my turn this week. I started the week off with "It's a Wonderful Knife." This is directed by Tyler McIntyre. This is the guy who did a "Tragedy Girls," which I liked a lot. And then he also did Patchwork, and he did one of the segments in VHS 99. Uh, I don't remember Patchwork, but according to Letterboxd, I gave it a two and a half. So a little bit of a like a mid one for me. Uh, it's a Wonderful Knife, uh, I thought was fine. It was, a, you know, it's a, it's a Christmas horror movie. Some light comedy in it. That's, a, well... I guess you could call it a horror comedy. It's in the same vein as um, Freaky or uh, or um, Happy Death Day, 
where this one is the the main character ends up killing a a, um, a slasher a masked slasher on Christmas Eve and the next year her life is like kind of kind of shit and she feels like no one's noticing her she feels like she doesn't have any friends and she makes a wish that uh, that she, she she wishes that everybody would be better off without her and you know it's the it's basically the plot of it's a wonderful life but uh, in yeah with a with a slasher involved yeah so when she when her wish is granted she realizes that like if she wasn't there to kill the slasher he would just keep killing and turn the town into like this hellscape of addiction and violence and she has to figure out a way to uh, right the wrong and get back to to her world so you know it's uh it's okay the kills are not very not very good um mm. yeah i mean beyond that like initial plot like that hook it's pretty average uh i kind of like the design of the the slasher it's, it's like this like they call him like the angel or something, and he's got like this kind of white, blank faced mask. It's kind of cool. Uh, Justin Long is in this and plays the mayor of the town, who is also the the killer. Um, which I'm not giving anything away. It's they they showed in the in the uh, the trailer, like because and she kills him like at the beginning of the movie. So that's that's not any of the uh, twists or anything. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I I can't really recommend it. It's just, it's a little bit too average. It's, it's very forgettable. So, yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. It's on Shudder, yeah. so you can, you can check it out on Shudder. Uh, I watched She-Devil from 1989. Susan Seidelman. This is on Prime and Tubi. This is Meryl Streep, Roseanne Barr, Ed Begley Jr., Roseanne Barr, husband Ed Begley Jr., you know, starts cheating on her with a romance novelist played by Meryl Streep, and Roseanne Barr decides to ruin his life in a very detailed, methodical way that takes a long time. She starts a business. She's helping women find jobs, <laughs> but all of it ties into fucking Ed Begley Jr. over. And I gotta say, I I enjoyed this. This was uh, this was pretty pretty entertaining. I remember fucking outlandish. I remember this was on TV. A, not a lot, but I remember seeing parts of it on TV as a kid. I never saw like the full thing. But I do remember seeing Roseanne. Oh man, she this. does so much. She does so much stuff. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame what happened with her. I know. I just—it's so bizarre. And, and especially because oh, when when they brought back the show, when they brought back the sitcom, it was so good. And and that's not to say that it's not still good. By the way, like after they got rid of her and rebooted it as the Connors, like it's still good. It has that. It's still really funny and it has that same DNA and everything. Like they did a, it's fine on its own without her, but still, what can you do? But yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's much you can do now. Nope. I saw Oppenheimer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Saw the old Oppenheimer. Like Chris, Chris Nolan. Uh, you know this is great. Uh, I expected it to be good. I expected to like it. I like most of Christopher Nolan's things, and this feels like a very Christopher Nolan movie. Like this is most definitely a Christopher Nolan movie. It's it's huge. This is a huge, like just a grand 
huge scoped movie uh, that feels like a giant like uh, Oscar award winning blockbuster. And I, I feel like like there's not many of those that come out every year, like especially ones that I actually like. Um, and mm-hmm. this this is one of one of the few exceptions. The cast list. I don't know if you've seen the cast list on this, but it's like it's a lot of people. It's insane. Like it is absolutely insane. From like, I mean, you have like your big stars like Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr. But then like, there's there's some people like Macon Blair's in this, and like just a lot of these people in like small roles like Josh Peck from Drake and Josh <laughs> like just such a such a crazy cast that's I- enormous by the way like huge cast people are in this that like like relatively large names some of them and they don't even have any lines like they're just in it like Rami Malek's in this and he has he doesn't speak until the like towards the very end end of the movie. Benny Safdie's in this. He has a bigger role, uh, but he is incredible. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Benny Safdie won some awards for the for this. Um, he's just he's so good. Uh, the movie itself is incredible. If you're not familiar, it's the it's it's a biopic about uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, who is the one of the main creators of the uh, atomic bomb. So it, it just goes through his life and it really, it, it does kind of jump around in time. So like you'll have some flash forwards and some flashbacks, some of it's shot in black and white. Uh, I mean, obviously being a, a Nolan film, it's incredibly gorgeous. Like all of the cinematography is immaculate. Um, the everything involving like the the there's the, like these cutaways where they show like atoms splitting and explosions and reactions and stuff that that all just looks incredibly gorgeous um so yeah it, it's just top notch top notch filmmaking uh and i definitely recommend it yeah it's long it's like over 3 hours long or maybe just 3 hours but i wasn't i wasn't feeling that length um at all and it's it's definitely worth a look. Um, so I, I would recommend Oppenheimer. Check it out. Okay. Oppenheimer. I think you'll like it. I, th- I think you'll... I, I think that you're going to probably feel like I did about it, where you're like, okay, well, that's that's kind of what I expected. Like, you... Yeah. Like, you kind of you kind of know... It's not going to... Bl- it's not going to surprise you. Gotcha. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that being the case. <clears throat> uh, I watched uh, Sarah Polly's uh, Women Talking. This is on currently on Prime, Amazon Prime. This is an adaptation of Miriam Toe's book of the same name. <clears throat> I'm a fan of Miriam Toe's work. And I read Women Talking a couple years back, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, this, I mean, it works. Like, it's a very like almost straightforward adaptation and it's a hard book to adapt like when i heard that sarah polly was going to be adapting women talking i was like oh that's going to be that's going to be kind of difficult i think cinematically speaking because it's literally just a bunch of women from a, a mennonite community meeting like in the top of a barn and having this discussion of whether they should leave uh, a mennonite colony or whether they should stay and fight <clears throat> And this decision, or the decision that they're making, is has come about because they've caught some men, uh, it's like seven or nine men, that were raping the women of the colony for like the last like five or six years, and they were doing like an elaborate. They would use like cow, cow tranquilizer. They would spray it into the house. Everyone would be unconscious, and then they would rape the women of the Ugh, of the home. God, yeah. This is based on a true story. This happened in Bolivia at a Mennonite community back in like 2004, I think, or 2005. So Miriam Toes, her book is like, what if the women got to like make a decision? Because in real life, it's a Mennonite community. They didn't, they just stay in the colony. But hers is, you know, 
what if they actually get to make a decision for themselves what would they, what would that look like so the it's obviously it's a very difficult subject matter um the cast is fantastic the performances are fantastic uh and i thought it was uh, extremely well done for what i would consider a really difficult book to adapt into a movie cool that's uh women talking I saw the Sacrifice game. This is uh, the new one from Jen Wexler. This is on Shudder. Interestingly, this comes out a couple weeks after The Holdovers. And the initial setup of this, I messaged you about this. The initial Mm -hmm. setup of this is it's actually very similar. So it takes place in 1971 at a, a girls boarding school. And the it's during christmas break so all of the all of the kids go with their families they go home but there's a there's a couple kids who have to stay behind because they don't have anybody to come get them pretty much the same same uh, initial plot as the holdovers uh the only difference here is that there's a group of satanists who are going around home invading people and cutting off their skin and killing them and these uh this this group of uh satanists ends up at this school and it's up to the 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 teacher who's staying behind and then these two students to try to stop these uh these four uh people from killing them and performing a uh, a ritual we'll say uh there there is a supernatural element to this i don't know how much i want to give away because i th- i feel like there's some really cool kind of twists and turns in this one uh but but i will say that there is a supernatural kind of element that i liked um it's 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 fine i i liked jen wexler's last feature which was the ranger um, and I, I, but I, but I think that this one, in a lot of ways, is a way, way, way more kind of mature offering. It looks, it looks a lot better. It's like just, just w- better directed, and um, I think she did a really great job with the the filmmaking here. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I would probably give it a light recommend. It's on Shutter, so you can check it out there. If you're looking for a, a, a nice a horror version of The Holdovers, maybe maybe check it out. And it does go to some really interesting places. So, yeah, I'd give it a light recommend. Again, that's called The Sacrifice Game. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually very interested in this. In that and movie. if you're looking for, like, a you know Christmas-themed... Yeah, movie and, and you know it's it's uh it's in i can't remember where it takes place but it's like in kind of uh you know cold wintry area so it's got it's got that vibe let's go in a completely opposite direction and that would be mrs harris goes to paris okay yeah this is leslie manville playing mrs harris she's a cleaning lady she becomes obsessed with a Dior dress. So she ends up getting some money. She said, I got to go to Paris. Hence the title. She goes to Paris and she's going to buy a Dior dress. And of course, she's kind of treated like shit because she's a cleaning lady. This is, is the Christian Dior. So hall couture, you know, you can't be here. You're a cleaning lady. Get out of here. Can't be bought. But she's determined and she's going to get that goddamn dress. And you know what? She does. And I enjoyed this movie. It's like a, it's like a modern like fairy tale type thing, you know, where like some bad things happen, but you always know that for the most part it's going to work out. And sometimes that's just nice. And as her as a cleaning lady, I just wanted her to fucking win, you know. She's mm-hmm. rooting for her. sucker for Leslie Manville. If Leslie Manville is, you know, the center of a movie, I'm in. Yeah, I like I like Leslie Manville. Sure. She goes to Paris, and you know it's kind of fish out of water. She's a clean lady. She's a hawk couture. It's it don't mix. They're not ready for that. Hmm. Interesting. 
This is the same director that did Louder Than Words from 2013, which I, I think, I don't know if that was a faith-based movie or just might might have been. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, so that's Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. She does get to organize the Dior, the workers, and they strike. So that's kind of cool. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, the last one that I'll mention is Gran Turismo. I was uh, I was in the mood for just like some kind of mindless thing, you know. I was like, I want to watch a movie, but I don't want to like, I don't want to really have to engage with it. I just kind of want to just want something to veg out to, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like, hey, I'll watch uh, Gran Turismo. I heard it was pretty good, actually. This is directed by Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, I was not... From, from everything that I was kind of like the chatter that I was kind of seeing, uh, people seemed to think that it was like, oh, well, you know, the Gran Turismo movie is actually pretty good. Like, it's better than uh, better better than we all expected. But, like, it was the exact movie that I expected it to be. Like, it was not any different. It was not any better than exactly when you see the trailer. I feel like the trailer t- gives you the exact layout of how this movie is going to play out. Now... I will say that the that the the true story that this is based on is a very it's a crazy story. It's it's a kind of a an inspirational story in some ways, but it's just it's wild. If you're not familiar, uh, years ago, a few years ago, there was a um, a contest that that I guess it was Sony that did it with uh, Nissan and. The contest was to get the top players of the video game Gran Turismo and uh, put them at, put them in like a training camp and see if they have what it takes to be real race car drivers. So if they, they take their skills that they learned in the game Gran Turismo and apply that to real racing and it follows the the story of this, uh, this kid who... Um, he won that competition and he became an actual race car driver, like a real deal race car driver. And in his first like major race. So this is after like he qualified for his license and, you know, went through all of the, the, the processes of becoming a professional race car driver. So his like first real professional race, he was in a horrific crash that ended up killing someone. And then it was just, a, a, you know, a large portion of the movie is like about him getting back behind the wheel and racing again and, and stuff like that. So it's, um, you know, like the race scenes are, they're fine. Like, it's okay. I think Neil Blomkamp was not, I don't know if he was the right pick for this uh, movie like this, because like, he's a pretty stylish director and, but like all of the kind of stylish scenes in this felt really dumb. Like they were just kind of goofy how there'd be like scenes where he's like driving, he's like playing the Gran Turismo game. And then like, as he's playing the game, we see like this, like CG car, like morphing around him and stuff. And then the opposite happens when he's like driving a real car, like the car breaks apart and turns back into like the simulator. And it's just like, it's like, dude, you're like, I think you might be overdoing it a little bit here. We're getting a little crazy with like the graphics on screen and stuff. Uh, but, you know, I, I get that that's kind of what they're, you know, this is that that's the audience, you know, they're, they're going for yeah. like a, a PlayStation fanboy kind of audience, which is fine. You know, it's just, a, it really wasn't for me. Um, and it's also kind of weird. I was thinking about it, like the whole contest when they did it was basically it was all mark it was just it was advertising it was a big marketing thing right between you know sony and nissan like it was all to get it was all just just a big ad and like they they even say so pretty much in the movie but then i was thinking like okay well the movie itself is just the giant ad for sony and playstation and gran turismo so 
it's like you're 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 double dipping on this story. Like you, you dipped once when you actually did the contest. Now you're dipping again, making a movie about the contest. You just see, you gotta keep doing it. Yeah, you keep you know you gotta keep milking it. Again, it's it. That's not to like downplay the achievement of you know the 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 people that were involved with this uh, this project. Um, not the movie. I mean the the actual. Uh, drivers and the the crew and like the people who who did actually make strides in um showing the 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 racing world that uh you know simulation racing is can be used as a tool to teach people how to you know drive real cars so i, I don't want anything to to be taken away from that or the achievements of uh, the main dude in this, I think his name was like Jan, Jan something, Jan Mardenborough. Mm, okay. um, he's still a racer. He's still racing. Uh, according to the end of the movie, he's been in over 200 races at this point. So I think that's really cool. But the movie itself, exactly what I thought. You know, it's it's uh, what over. It's super melodramatic. Uh <laughs> It's just not, it's not great. It's not horrible, but it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I will say, um, the, the crash, like the big crash that, that occurs, I, I, I saw a side by side of, uh, footage of the real crash compared. And then like on the other side, it was what they made for the movie. And it was like, like, shot for shot like exactly what happened which was kind of kind of nuts how they were so accurate in recreating that um that horrific crash that occurred huh. yeah it was an audience member that got killed by the way oh damn yeah the i think it was like a a tire or like oh. a piece of the car mm. flew into the audience and uh killed that's why he was like all fucked up from it like afterwards because he, he thought it was like you know they did a they did a full inquiry and stuff it wasn't his fault it was a freak accident but basically what happened was um there was a like a hill that you you go over and the speed at which he was going and the wind the way that the wind was going it made his car lift off the ground <laughs> so his car was in the air and then it flipped in the air and just it just crashed hor- horrifically damn yeah uh when you see when you see footage of it it's the the of the real event like it's fucking wild just to see that and be like wow he he like he didn't even get any kind of like major injuries from it but also interestingly the the real life uh guy was the stunt double of the actor playing him in this movie so there you go thank you for all all that information for a movie that i'm never gonna watch no no you don't you don't ever have to watch it i just i just i watched it for you really thank you i appreciate it yeah cool is that it is that all you got that's all i got let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week Wonka is the uh, the big one. Wonka. Wonka. <laughs> you excited Wonka. for you excited for Wonka? No, no, thank you. It looks so bad. Like it just yeah. looks so awful to me. Who who directed this? I don't even know who directed this. I don't even care. Don't even care. Don't know. Don't, don't care. care. Says Kevin. Not even gonna look it up. Normally I would. I would there's the curiosity would get me and I would look it up. But I'm I'm standing firm. I'm I'll look it up. I'll 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 take the bullet here. It's Paul King directing it. Uh yeah. Oh, it's the Paul King did Paddington and Paddington Two. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. I liked Paddington Two a lot, but Yeah, I I can't say as I'm too excited about this movie at all no yeah that's the that's really the big one vod this week let's see um starting with the the 12th 
We have Family Game. Crime is in the blood. Or is it Family Game? That's probably how you're supposed to say it. Uh, we got Lasoga 3 Vengeance. A Creature Was Stirring. I kind of like that title, actually. Yeah, it's like the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's like a what if. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know anything about it. Might not be good or not. I don't know. But anyway, we also got Walden. Uh, soft Liquid Center. Okay. Soft Liquid Center. A recently single woman moves out on her own, but her newfound relief soon curdles as alarming and inexplicable events turn her home into a house of horrors. I had to look it up on Letterboxd, and it just says, directed by Perry Home Video. <laughs> what? <laughs> Perry Home Video? Perry Home Video. What the hell is that? I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Now, now, there's no director listed on IMDb. It has three writers, but there is no director listed. Huh. What is this? Is it? I don't know. Is it like a, maybe, maybe it's like a, like a, an experimental film where it's like, you know, um, I'm not sure what I seen. Oh, I see. Perry home video looks like a collective. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm at their website here. Okay. I thought that that was like the, the, like the distribution company or something. That's what I thought too. Because, (laughs) you know, Letterboxd is just. You can anyone can just jump on right. TMDB and exactly. All right, I don't know. I, I I'm the the title intrigues me. The plot seems interesting, so maybe I'll give that one a look. Uh, let's see. On the fourteenth, we have Emmanuel's Revenge. On the fifteenth, we have Priscilla coming out on VOD. I think that was previously released in in limited release. That's the Priscilla Presley one. Was that Sofia Coppola that directed that? Uh, pretty sure. I think it was, yeah. Are you interested in this? Uh, I can't say that I am. You know, I, I did see a trailer. I, I wasn't really interested, but I mean, I'll probably check it out just for year-end purposes. Let's see what else we have here. Ruthless, starring Dermot Mulroney. We got The Zone of Interest. Uh, what is that? What is The Zone of Interest? The Commandment of Auschwitz, Rudolf Hose and his wife Hedwig strive to build a dream life for their family in a house and garden next to the camp. All right. We have immediate family. And finally, Angel Baby. Sir. Angel Baby. Angel Baby. On Blu-ray this week, we have Face Off coming out in 4K. It's like Clue is getting a new 4K release. Um, the Creator is coming out. Looks like there's some sort of Looney Tunes collection. Uh, the Wailing coming out in 4K. That's the 2016 one. The new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem, is coming out. The, hey, that's a good one. Yeah, check that one out. Uh, weird, weird, the Al Yankovic story. Looks like Old Boy is getting a new 4K release. Uh, not, I believe is the original one. Um, not the remake. Men Behind the Sun from 1988. Um, the Man from Nowhere from 2010. Let's see. School Days from 1988. What is this? Arrow is putting out something called... Enter the video store, Empire of Screams. Oh, no. It's a box set that includes the Dungeon Master, Dolls, Cellar Dweller, Arena, and Robot Jocks. There you go. Huh. This is a pretty cool-looking box set. I have not seen any of those movies either. That's surprising. You got to jump on it. I know. Uh, uh, Like a bunch of them or a few of them are on my list. I tried to watch the dungeon master once and it was like just so bad that I couldn't, Mm. (laughs) that I could not see it through. 
it, but it, now, it's, it's very bad. But now that it's a part of a box set, more appealing, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, like, it's got to be good. It's in a box set. Uh, yeah, could be. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm liking the look of this box set. It looks really cool. So maybe I'll maybe I'll pick it up. Probably not, though. Let's be honest. Uh, Dumb Money is coming out. I didn't talk about that on, on the show. I did see that and liked it. It's pretty good. I don't know if I'd pick it up on Blu-ray, but... Worth no. a it's worth a VOD look, I think. Casino getting a new release. House of the Long Shadows from 1983. Walk up from earlier this year. Sorry, that was from 2022. That's from last year. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, that that's about it. What about Criterion's? Okay, we got two. We got the Red Balloon and other stories. It's a it's a five film. A five film uh, criterion there, and then uh, you got uh, Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which I have not seen, and I actually don't think I will see it. Like I like Del Toro and everything, but I don't know, man. I'm just not that interested. I just I like I don't know. Like the title is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which I get. But it's also like it's co-directed. Seems like you know Mark Gustafson's getting a getting a short stick there. Kind of rude. Eh, Del Toro is a bigger name, I guess. Yeah. And also, he wrote it too. Del Toro wrote it. And he yeah. probably and he's probably like a producer on it too. So. Oh, he's probably doing everything. He probably made he probably made the stuff doing everything. But yeah. I don't he know. is a man of many talents. You could say Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio with the help of Marcus Thompson. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro and Marcus Thompson's Pinocchio. Pinocchio. With help from Patrick McHale with a co-writing credit. <laughs> I think you should just give everyone credit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to throw your name in the title, throw everyone else's name in there, too. It's kind of rude. Cool-looking cover on the Blu-ray. I like it. Yeah. It's got this kind of almost a vintage magazine cover vibe to me. I like it. Cool. Uh, anything else? No. All right. That's it. That'll be it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcastfilmpulse.net. And if you could consider reviewing us on iTunes, that'd be great. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Yeah.